right, it's Monday. You know what it's about. It's FRPC Football Monday. We are so excited to be here. And I am here with my co-host, the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, and now the Canadian Bill Simmons. Nico. What's up? What's the haps? Not much, man. I'm excited for this episode after some, I don't know, less than exciting games on the weekend. Kind of anticlimactic. Not the Bengals won so much, but definitely Niners. Uh, Eagles had lost some of that climax. I feel you on that. How was your weekend in totality? Uh, Not so bad. Not so bad. Pretty good overall. How Mm. about you? Well, my weekend was pretty good till I hurt my knee. Then not so good. But we're on the mid, feeling feeling better today. So that's good. That's good. So I'm gonna start off this show with a little rant. And um you can follow up after and if you wanna pick at it, that's fine. But um, we just need to start somewhere. And I have a pet peeve that has been in my craw for three years. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. We pay quarterbacks a lot of money. A lot of money. We do. And, it, and the thing that really gets me, Nico, and I'll, I'll never understand it. Why is the next guy up just automatically 40-some-odd million when clearly there's a difference in quarterbacking? This is just a difference. There's a lot of teams out there right now, a lot of organizations right now doing in-depth scouting on Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Levis Kid out of Kentucky, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. That's going to be a mistake. I I, I don't know. I got something. That's a story for another day. Yeah. But everybody's chasing the white well, right? Because you know, if you get one, it's special. And uh, we saw it. We saw it yesterday. Now, full transparency, I picked the Cincinnati Bengals to win that game in my uh, picks last week. I have no problem being wrong because Chiefs Kingdom, not only do you have a franchise guy, you have what I call a franchise difference maker. There's only a couple of them in the league. Fewer than fewer than people think, actually. Because we saw it on display yesterday. That man was playing on one ankle. He made throws look easy. And we'll break some of them down. I don't want to get way into the weeds right now. But I'm making an overall point. Did you know Mahomes had 5,200 yards of passing this year without his his weapon, 
His weapon went to Miami. Tyreek Hill is in Miami playing for Tua and the lot of quarterbacks that they have. So what did Mahomes do? He did what all of the great ones before him have done. He evolved and adapted. No offense to Kadarius Tony, Miko Hartman, Marquez Valdez-Scatling, but those dudes don't have the resume that Tyreek Hill does. <laughs> There's no question about who Tyreek Hill is. Mm-hmm. But he threw for 5,200 yards, 67% completion. So, <clears throat> Minnesota, Washington, Houston, Indianapolis. That is what a real franchise quarterback looks like. There's no question who number one is anymore. Okay? So Aaron Rodgers, you can't complain about the front office not getting you weapons. And my reign of terror on Brian Gutenkus is over. I'm done. Whoa, whoa. That's a big announcement so far. I'm done. Josh Allen, you're not him. Burrow's a real guy, and we'll talk about him in this because he played great, too. He couldn't make the plays at the end, but that guy had his team in that game. That penalty, (laughs) we'll talk about. Well, Burrow, to me, is a step below Mahomes, and then it's everybody else. Yeah. I just want to say right now, this is why this is why my critique of quarterbacks is like, oh, well, he's his contract is up. He's getting forty five, and he's getting all this guaranteed money because he's just the next guy up, and he plays the position. No, there's a difference. By the way, Kansas City, he's making like fifty million dollars. He's not just worth every penny. He's outplaying the contract five. AFC championship games in a row. Three Super Bowl appearances. He's 27, Nico. Mm -hmm. He's 27. So I don't want to hear about Rodgers and Herbert, Allen, Lamar, whomever else you put up there. Because until you start doing what he's doing, that's the standard. I will be Always on Kirk Cousins. He's stealing money in Minnesota. He's stealing money. Say what y'all want. Guy's stealing money. You want to know why we thought your franchise was fraudulent? Look at what Mahomes did yesterday and look at what your quarterback did. Against an inferior team, by the way. Just saying. Any of those points, if you want to hit on them, go right ahead. I'll be more happy. I got a few a few things uh, on the Mahomes of it all. I've kind of been there, I think, for the last year or so that Mahomes is just clearly a step above. I thought it was crazy that at the beginning of this year, there were people asking the question, is it Mahomes? Is it Josh Allen? It's clearly Mahomes. It's Ben Mahomes. But I, I think on the rest of the quarterbacks in the league, I go – a little bit 
opposite of you. I more so think that Mahomes that Mahomes should be making eighty five million dollars a year. Oh no doubt. No no and, no. No, uh, no doubt he should be like, making that. I agree on that. And I think what all the other quarterbacks are making is kind of also like earned, not because they're near the Mahomes level. I feel like Mahomes should be much higher, but just because the difference between a Kirk Cousins and a Skylar Thompson or uh, even a Brock Purdy and a Josh Johnson is so pronounced that if you can find a guy who can even kind of pay play the position, you just got to throw money at him. I'm willing to kind of do that personally. Well, this goes up with the cap situation because to me, if you have Kirk Cousins making $45 million and your cap is whatever, 200, whatever, that's a fifth of your cap. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to do that. And then they have decisions coming up, like Justin Jefferson. This was year three that just passed with Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, it was. So it's it's time. It money, is. money time. They're going to have to pay up for him. but and, the- and they will, and I understand that. But now you have to reshuffle the deck. Now here's the thing. What what did we learn about Kirk Cousins? What have I been saying years, years? I mean, I know you've gone from looking like from uh looking like Freddie Mercury to looking like you know like this. I like this James Brolin things you got going on right here. This Josh Brolin deal. I I like this. We'll see how long it lasts. Yeah. So you're not gonna have it when you get married, buddy. So oh. I'm just gonna let you know. <laughs> um, he's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. When the pieces are not excellent around him, and, and I mean defensively yeah. wise, often offensive line wise, the the weapons on the outside, the running back, everything needs to be good. I'm, I'm not sure that's what I disagree with. That is so right for a lot of quarterbacks in the league. The thing I just focus on is that replacement level is so low. You can't find these guys. For some reason, there's only at max like 20 guys capable of playing quarterback in the world at a time. And if you have one of those guys, I'm just kind of willing to pay for it because I'd rather have have another theory. Not have that guy. Can we do an NBA style then? Can we have like, like they have all pro, right? Yeah. But like how all pro, like, Three teams, right? First, mm-hmm. second, and third. If yeah. you are in that group and you're a quarterback, you hit the the super max. Yeah, like the problem, the salaries just don't make sense in football. That's like we don't know anything about the cap though, and like it's all garbage, and people rip apart contracts and change them every day. So it's kind of like, hard to keep. That's not real. Yeah, I was just like, I was looking at when you brought that Kirk Cousins number up, I was looking at a sheet and apparently he like his cap hit this year is $36 million, but technically he's making $48 million. It's just like a weird thing, but 36 against the cap. Yeah, I guess like I'm, I'm just willing to pay that for a guy like that. Okay. What I'm saying is, is that I think there should be like a tiered grouping. And I think mm-hmm. if you're a game manager or high game, like a high level game manager, 
We'll put yeah. Kurt in there. Yeah. All right. That guy makes 32 to 37. Yeah, and his cap hit this year is only 35. So that's reasonable. Okay, but you know that dude is stolen money before. Let's yeah, be real. Let he I don't know as much as he stole money as like the Washington fan base just fucked him around for decades. And then he decided he was going to get a guaranteed contract and he, he, he went and got it. I, man, I'm pro Kirk Cousins. I know you are. And I'm not like against him and I'm not against players getting their bread. You know how I feel about that? I think a lot of all these contracts should be guaranteed personally. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the health benefit situation when they retire should be like mandatory 25 mm-hmm. years. So you can do the CTE study and everything, do yeah. all the stuff. Absolutely right? insane that the most dangerous sport is the one with all the non-guaranteed money. Mm, exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying like there should be some sort of tier where it's like, you know, if you're a regular game manager, you're kind of, you know, 28 or yeah like 29 to 24 you have opportunity to go up you know you do so you do something specific that's celebrated or whatever yeah you okay you look like you stepped up to high level you know game manager man i'm not sure if you were leading here with this conversation originally but where it keeps making what it keeps making me think of is there's a quarterback in this Super Bowl who is going to be up for a contract negotiation pretty soon. And he's a good player, but he's sitting somewhere between that Kirk Cousins zone and the Patrick Mahomes world. And I don't think he's quite at that Josh Allen, Joe Burrow level, talking about Jalen Hurts. But I want to talk about him specifically. I, yeah. I have a note that I wrote down. And I want to get your response to it when uh-huh. I read it. Yeah. But you're right on him because he does something specific. He, he does. has something specific that he does that is a conduit to winning. Uh-huh. Does it? <sighs> so I'm I'm it's really interested in what his but as know. soon as he goes, I want 250 million guaranteed, that's where he's gonna lose me. Mm-hmm. Well, it won't be it won't be guaranteed, but I think we're looking at five years to twenty five. If he Canada. wins the Super Bowl, yeah, he'll have all the leverage, bro. If he's looking down the road, and trust me, he sees it. He sees Lamar Jackson right now. Yeah, and he knows he's kind of built from that cloth. Mm-hmm. Jackson might be more spectacular. Yeah. But he's built from that same cloth. Mm-hmm. So he has to look at it from his point of view. Oh, I got to get this. Yeah. yeah. I got to get this money. And he might have the same sentiment. I'm a godly guy. Mm-hmm. All I want to do is win. I've been nothing but humble. I've been the quarterback of your Super Bowl winning team. I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying no, if he does. Or even if he doesn't win. Let's say he has a really good showing in the game, which that could that's not terribly no. out of the question. It's not terribly out of the question that they win. They have a lot of talent on that team. There's a lot of injury situations going on too. Yeah. But even if he doesn't win, he shows as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm him, I'm definitely looking at it going, yeah, 
what Deshaun Watson got. Yeah, was he's 24. He'll be 24. 20. He'll okay. be 25 uh, yeah. uh, next season. So my arrow's going up mm-hmm. because soon the game is going to slow down for him too. Yeah. Right? Passing concepts, route concepts are going to slow down for him too. So the, the arrow's pointing up. I don't think he should. I think he needs to keep all of what he has around him. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to that lead to next because we talk about guys like Kirk Cousins and having all the weapons. He has all the weapons. He has, like, Dallas Goddard, a hell of a tight end. He has A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, two of the best wide receivers in the league, and arguably the best offensive line in football. So... He's sitting really pretty right now, and it has me. I I don't want to be the crazy person who says this when the Eagles are riding at the top of the world, but Carson Wentz was still looking like a pretty good quarterback when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the first place, and Howie Roseman went on this tirade about being a quarterback factory. I'm wondering if sitting in the draft in this same situation, staring down the barrel with Jalen Hurts, if we could see a third-round quarterback get drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe even that aforementioned guy, Anthony Richardson. Uh, I could see potentially doing something like that. Honestly, I never saw that coming. This is the plot twist of the podcast. That is something Uh. that just sits in the back of my head. I remember him saying that quarterback factory thing, wanting to be a quarterback factory, able to pump out a new one every few years, especially after like what they saw with the Carson Wentz injury after they paid someone like that. I, it makes me curious if they'll at least entertain the idea. My mind is blown right now. (laughs) I didn't even see it coming. See, this is what I like. This is what makes this this. Because <laughs> now this is a whole new look on that situation. If you oh, you're basically making it like um, San Francisco East. Kinda. <laughs> Just plop anybody in here. So I'll get yeah. it. <laughs> like so I- Josh Johnson. So him. Other than that. No. <laughs> yeah. And w- I wonder if that if that guy had like a like a month. In the system. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That guy's going to be a hell of an offensive coordinator when his career is over. He's seen every offense in the history of the sport. He he knows. Chase football. Daniel. Yeah. Him and Chase Daniel. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chase Daniel's that man, too. I, I huge Chase Daniel fan. Honestly, I, Chase Daniel is like my Amer- like an American hero to me. I just look at that dude and go like this. Man, you made a career getting like three-year deals backing up bro yes this three-year deals golfing wearing the visor got the little clipboard out Mm -hmm. charlie first it's a good life for him yeah (laughs) good life absolutely way to keep the steve deberg uh, legacy alive. Legacy alive. Yeah. Chad Henney is low key moving himself into that category too with uh, his tenure, especially now he's got the perfect job. He's to the Brian Hoyer. He's backing up the best quarterback in the game. What do these, all these dudes got in common? They all went through Kansas City. Mm-hmm. 
Every yeah. last one of these dudes. That's true. Steve DeBerg lives, bro. Steve DeBerg lives. He does. Shout out to my man. <laughs> Kids, just look him up. We have YouTube. This stat muse out there. It's all kinds of stuff. It's probably a Reddit page, like just dedicated to him. Uh, I I am sure there is. And if there isn't, somebody should start that. <laughs> I won't take any uh, royalties from that at all. Yeah. All right. So let's get to these games. Uh, the first game, it really ended as soon as Purdy got hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, effectively, because you knew they were pouring everything into Purdy. So you knew that Josh Johnson got no reps whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Complete afterthought. We've gotten the injury bug out of our system. We've already obliterated two quarterbacks. We couldn't possibly have a third go down, right? Couldn't possibly have that happen. Oh, man. And I think this is a domino effect. This is kind of like the sliding door theory that Bill Simmons talks about all the time. Mm-hmm. Hurdy's now hurt, and it looks like it's a U- UCL. Yeah. It's kind of like a Tommy John. If it's the Tommy John and he can't throw and connect with that team, and then Trey Lance comes back. Oh, man. Trey Lance was getting the job in the first place already. This is And bad he still Trey got Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo in this mix. It's a stew of just. I think Jimmy G's a free agent, though. I thought he signed a two-year. I, I think he signed a deal in such a way where he can void it similar to, like, the Brady deal. Well, he's injured. So would you do that? I I think so. He's still mm-hmm. gonna like Oakland if they or Oakland Las okay. Vegas if they don't get uh, Brady. I think they would very happily take in Garoppolo. Take the younger, better looking <laughs> Brady like. <laughs> yeah. So the game literally, pretty much officially ends right there. Yeah. But there were a couple things that I saw. One, Hassan Reddick, not just for the hit, not just for all of what happened. His running over to the coach and saying, like, yo, have them look at this. Mm-hmm. That was heads up. Absolutely. Like, and for his coach to, like, trust him. We got enough emotional equity that you're not just blowing smoke. Yeah. A great call. I figured out the cheat code mm-hmm. with the Philadelphia offense. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, – which one is it? Is it? It's Tim Hasselback, right? Mm-hmm. It's Tim oh. Hasselback, right? That's the one that's married to the chick that used to be on The View. Oh, I Matt Hasselback? No, Matt is the is the, old, is the brother that – We're going to score. No, Tim Hasselback is the one that's oh. on ESPN. Matt Hasselback played in Seattle – Yes. And actually had like a pretty decent career. You did. All right. This is not going to be that Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams crap that OKC first. <laughs> the, the, the closing announcement call. We're not doing that. Yeah. There's just one House of Black brother that we're talking to. He <laughs> talks to Scott Van Pelt. But basically, what he said was um, the Eagles' RPO um, formation is real simple. It's simple math, actually. Mm-hmm. 
when the defensive line comes out and when they set up, if they shade to the left, the running play is going to the right. <laughs> and when it's vice versa, it just goes the opposite way. Yeah. It's a pre-snap look that they're looking for to kind of give them the edge of at least the blocking pattern and where it's going to go and where Jalen's kind of going to move to to either avoid trouble or start the run. Because the other thing that you see is Jason Kelsey getting out to the second level, like, all the time. How many mm-hmm. times did you see him get to the second level yesterday? Like, oh, it was he, ridiculous. Yeah, he's best at that. Probably the best center in the game at this point. I I can't think of anyone who competes with him, really. I mean, the game was over. I mean, I picked Philly to win. I didn't want to see it go like that. Now, my question to you is, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, so you threw the Philly thing at me. We talked about the San Francisco thing. Yeah. But there's another San Francisco thing that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. This might be kind of conspiracy, so put your tinfoil hat on and everything. Is Shanahan putting these quarterbacks in danger? This isn't tinfoil hat. Absolutely he is. <laughs> He, like, puts them on an island at the front of the pocket constantly. Man, both Trey Lance and Jimmy G got hurt in basically the same way, running up the gut. They've also had Debo Samuel get hurt running up the gut several times. He tries to exploit the middle of the field, which absolutely works for his offense and is one of the reasons it works so well, but it's also one of the reasons players on his team get hurt so often. Like, honestly, I sat there, and it was a mental note. I didn't even write it down, but I was like, I don't even want to write this down. But to me, it was one of those things where I sat there and said, man, come on, for real? Again? And then Josh, Josh, Josh Johnson couldn't play. Yeah, he, he gets a concussion. But that, that one was a little more of a freak accident. But it was the same play that happened to Purdy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. so eerily similar to the Purdy play. It was. was like, oh. The the hit, I feel like, was a little bit more of a freak occurrence. In the yeah. Show. No, no, I'm not saying like he. Yeah. It's like the Tua thing. Like, your head bounces off the turf. If Sometimes. you get hit hard. You know, if you get hit hard in a certain angle, that's what happens. I'm pretty sure Jerry Rice actually like commented on this publicly before that he's worried that the Shanahan offense gets uh, the star players hurt quite often, doesn't protect them enough. But he wins. So that that covers everything up. Uh, Exactly. He needs five quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Reclamation project. Baker Mayfield just sitting in the wings. Yeah, there you go. Just sitting in the wings, like, dude, listen, just go do progressive commercials. <laughs> We're going to call you, like, in October. Yeah. Just don't worry. I'm going to call you. We're going to need you. Yes, keep working out. <laughs> here's a playbook. <laughs> you know, here's an iPad. This is going to download all our plays. This is what you're going to be doing. Have fun. The other thing that I wanted to get to, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it, mm-hmm. that 49er defense must be the most deflated defense. And they, to me, all of them, 
need to go seek some therapy okay. in the off season. And I, I mean that like there's nothing more that defense could do. Mm-hmm. That's one nothing of the defenses more. we've ever seen. It was absolutely incredible. This Niners defense and <laughs> Like, sometimes it just happens. People keep getting hurt, and, like, to a certain extent, Kyle Shanahan should take better care of his players, but even he couldn't have couldn't have planned for this. It's just insane at this point. So the defenders, I, I feel bad for them. I hold them in my heart. Then the next year is going to be a different group because D'Amico – Ryan's might go and get a head coaching job elsewhere. So we're going to have. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. 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 We got a little thing on that one. The tease. But we need to kind of sit and like actually realize what's happening. With that being said, let's congratulate the Philadelphia Eagles. They did what they exactly were supposed to do. That team was injured. That team was really banged up. And at the most important position and they took advantage and they put that team away early and it was like, all right, smooth sailing. Even Jalen Hurts got to get out the game before the nonsense hit Trent Williams going crazy, clearly frustrated with all that had gone on, obviously, but it was a good win and they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. And I said, I think at the start of the playoffs, I said that, it was San Francisco and Philadelphia, but this is really the road that Philly wanted. I was like, it's all laid out for Philly to get to the Super Bowl this year. And it it worked out that way. I'm just I'm disappointed because I think we would have been able to see a better game if Purdy plays the whole game. That's it. I don't yeah. know if they win, because I I picked Philly and I thought that we would see rookie Brock Purdy at some point. Mm-hmm. We just didn't get to see it. We kind of saw it on the play he got hurt. He, it was kind of a bad throwing decision in the first place. He should have probably tucked that ball in the first place and doesn't get his arm hurt if that's what happens. So I hate to take the aggression out of the young man because you know that there are some like physical limitations that he's dealing with. He's yeah. obviously not the athlete, the Lamar or Mahomes. He definitely doesn't have the arm talent of Josh Allen. He doesn't have the anticipatory, anticipatory actions of Joe Burrow, right? He's learning on the job. It's like, I understand your point. Yeah, you're right. He probably should have tucked it. He was going to get eaten up. Yeah. But I wonder if you take the, that aggression out of him, is he a completely different player? Nah, maybe. Yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance. And But I think that's kind of the rookiness of it all, too. Just like under if he wasn't a first year player, he probably realized in that situation he kind of can't be so aggressive. But I do understand what you're saying for sure. Mm. Now, let's to the ASC championship game. I'm going to ask you a question. 30,000 feet view of this game. Yeah. What's your thoughts? My first thought was happiness that we are going to get a good Super Bowl. And I was very concerned that the Bengals and Eagles would not be a great Super Bowl matchup. I felt like the Eagles were a pretty strong mismatch for the Bengals. But the Kelsey, con- the Kelsey content alone. Yeah. 
How many times are we going to hear about them being brothers? And oh my God, the Super Bowl game is going to be annoying. I feel like this might be the best Super Bowl we've had in a few years. I can't think of another Super Bowl I've been like this excited for going into it. These are two like incredible teams. It would be a lot more fun if Tyreek was on the sideline for Kansas City, which obviously that isn't the case, but I'm I'm happy to see it. Uh, we'll bring up the Steelers. We got two former Steelers in the Super Bowl, Juju Smith-Schuster on the Chiefs side and Javon Hargrave on the Eagles. Both of them have actually been pretty good players, but specifically Javon Hargrave has been a force on the Philadelphia defensive line down the street stretch here especially in that last game it it felt like the announcers were calling his name time after time just penetrating that Niners offensive line which is one of the best in the sport so we gave a lot of praise to Mahomes at the start of this podcast and it was more for understanding if you want to call him like Greek God over the prototype Burl is your franchise guy you got my man on Mount Olympus, Mahomes, right? Just hovering over everybody. Yeah. Then you got Burl, who's been in this league three years, Nico. Mm-hmm. The first year he gets hurt. Yeah. They don't draft a tackle, but they draft him his teammate in Jamar Chase. And we're going to talk about him as well. But the two years that he's been healthy, he really gets the ever-loving piss knocked out of him all year. Yeah. But he has brought his team to two AFC championship games and one Super Bowl appearance. And he doesn't even have an offensive line. Like, literally, that was the game Mm -hmm. yesterday. He didn't have an offensive line. All the things that were covered up by – actually, this is a bigger indictment on the Buffalo Bills defensive line. Oh yeah. Than it is on the offensive line of Cincinnati. Okay. It's a good pass rush in um in Kansas City. It's a good one. Chris Jones is amazing. He's a really good player. Yeah. I really love Chris Jones. I think he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. They got some edge rushers there as well. That's not San Francisco's defense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati looked comfortable last week. This yeah. week, not so comfortable. Mm, not at all, no. And it looked like they had three replacements on the offensive line. It looked like what it was supposed to look like. Yeah. Burrow played an excellent game. Yeah, there's a couple things that you can nitpick here and there about what he did. A couple decisions here and there. But all in all, some of the throws. The throw to T. Higgins in the end zone. Yeah, that was beautiful. I mean, he's throwing it before he's going to coming out of his break. He's he's throwing it way before. Yeah. I think it was also T. Higgins. The one that hit him on the helmet, was that Higgins or Chase? I it was think an incomplete pass. It was Higgins, yeah. So it lands right over the defensive back and hits mm-hmm. Higgins. Like, if Higgins is not stumbling, he catches that ball. I don't know if it Oh, no, it was Chase. It was it Chase. It was Chase, right? Okay. Yeah, it was Chase. Okay. 
that throw right there. There's sometimes you learn so much about a throw when it's not even completed. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at the game in in that way, regular fans, and I'm not trying to put them down, they'll go, oh, that's an incomplete pass. I look at that and go, that wide receiver doesn't stumble out of his break. That's a touchdown. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Those that's a big are, play. Yeah, those actually, like Bengals, Chiefs, it's probably the game where you're going to see the most throws like that between the two quarterbacks that are just like in such – incredible places because they've got probably the two best ball placements in the league right now and i yeah man it was a display on both sides for sure like i said before i was really worried because of that offensive and if we saw an eagles chiefs super bowl we might have seen the death of joe burrow on the field there with those guys trying to block that defensive oh, yeah. front in Philadelphia, but yeah. Now I think we're we're in the spot for an incredible, incredible Super Bowl. Can Superman do it one more time? I don't That's know. That's literally again. I mean, we're not gonna make these predictions until next week, but I just I just wanted to like can you just throw the question out there? You follow us on Twitter, it's uh Nico Nico at Nico FRPC. And then at front runner PC for myself, hit us up. Do you Chiefs Kingdom? Do you think your quarterback can put on the cape one more time and get him to the promised land? And that's two, Nico. That's two. He's twenty-seven. Yeah. Like honestly, I'm. I don't even want to throw it out there because I said it was not going to be broken. But dude, there's a world. There's a world that he gets there. Yeah. There is. He's spicy. When there he's is. 35 and he's got five. Oh, man. Is he doing the LeBron tour? <laughs> no, he is. Yeah, he, he just can't get them all in Kansas City, please. Oh, be awesome. oh somewhere else. Could so you man. imagine getting them all in Kansas City? No, sir. No. Sir. No, that's what Kansas City wants. Um, a couple other things about this game that we kind of need to talk about. Um, the loss of the receivers, we kind of talked about it earlier, but the loss of Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney, uh, Miko Harm- Hartman, and for him to still pull this out is these are the things where we put a little check mark net to Mahomes when we start talking about legacy. Yeah. It'll be the 2022 season. You know, oh, first year without Tyree, 5,000 yards, check. Super Bowl appearance, check. Mm-hmm. Played on one ankle, three receivers missing, you know, no real running game to speak of until Pacheco became like the Hulk. Yeah. In the third quarter, check. Oh man, he's it's it's starting to get to a point where he's gonna have that like that urban legend status, you know, or back in the day Paul Bunyan status, where it's just the it's just gonna get bigger. I remember when his leg was literally cut off. He played with one leg. Yeah, man. And the wind was sixty miles per hour. (laughs) 
Um, I hate that you didn't talk about it because he actually played really a good game. Joseph Asai. How's yeah. he feeling? How's uh, he feeling today? He's feeling definitely awful, especially like you see the footage coming out of Jermaine Pratt going to the locker room, cursing about him and everything. And like he, hearing about how depressed the dude is probably, I, yeah, I have a hard time uh, ta- talking about it and even thinking about it. That, that I want to come from it with, at a different angle. Yeah, because we we talk about how we want to be different on this yes. podcast. Now we know what social media is, right? We know what it is. I mean, there's a good to it, but there's a dark side to it, right? Absolutely. And then you have like the twenty four seven ESPN monster machine that replays the play over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Then you have the skips of the world, right? My thing is, is that I just want the leaders of that team to put their arms around him and let let him know they care. I really want the fans of Cincinnati to let them know they care. Because this is one of those where, as a young man, being that close to the ultimate goal, mm-hmm. it could take you down to a... a a dark road and keep in mind these guys are asked to run as fast as they can and collide into another human being it's real hard to turn that off yeah (laughs) i mean i know some can do it but not everybody's built that way it takes a while for you to kind of dial that down Mm -hmm. to the off season so my thing is is um, if you're a Cincinnati Bengal fan, you, you, first of all, your future is bright. Don't you worry about yourself. Yes, you got a you got a a very worthy competitor in the Kansas City Chiefs, but I can see you guys alternating going to the Super Bowl a lot. Yeah, to be honest with you, and then it's it's up to everybody else to get up to their level, right? Mm-hmm. But I just hope that. They embrace this kid. I hope that um, he doesn't get too caught up in his mentions and it goes down a dark road. I hope he has a strong, um, you know, foundation around him, people-wise, good people. Hope the Cincinnati Bagel organization is looking after him. That's the things that I'm kind of more on. Because up until then, he had played a really awesome game. He really put pressure on Mahomes. He... He was he was very visible in that game. And it was just one play over aggressive. He knew he made a mistake. You saw it on his face. When he went down, you saw it in the locker room. He took full responsibility. You can't ask for anything more. And I just applaud him one and I just I'm thinking of him. So I just mm-hmm. want to put that in the universe. Yeah. So. Any other thoughts about this game or whatever? Uh, nothing too particular about this game. Yeah, I guess it went kind of similar to last year's game. It's like what I 
kind of what I assumed would happen and what I hoped would happen. So I'm I'm pretty happy going into next week with an Eagles uh, Chiefs matchup. The preview of next year, right? That's a Sunday night game, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Right, Sunday night gets that one, right? Yeah, if I don't know if they're scheduled to play next year, we'll all have to look into it. I think they will because of what they're. I think one one plays one. Well, uh, oh, you mean you mean Bengals Chiefs? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah definitely- one plays one. That's a Sunday. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Chiefs Eagles first. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, they'll definitely play each other. Right. So Sunday night, somebody's getting that, or does ESPN pony up the money because they got a uh, Buck and uh, Eggman? I I'm not sure. We'll have to we'll have to see. That's for sure. Sunday night or though. These are kind of little like entertainment thought bubbles that I come up with. <laughs> yeah. Looking at this, like who's gonna pay the most money for that one? Mm. All right, um, I'm going to ask you to kind of not bear with me, but think with me here, because okay. we're going to talk about the Rams, which I've been reluctant to talk about for good reason. It wasn't pretty this year. No. <laughs> so you sent me something earlier this morning before our pre-production meeting in regards to the salary cap. Yeah. What was that report by Tom Pelissero? The salary cap looks like it's going up this year close to $20 million from last year. I'll pull up the numbers exactly here. Um, last year, we were sitting at $208.2 million. This year, we're looking at $224.8 million. So a pretty significant increase in the salary cap. That is a Big jump, yeah, in the salary gap, mm-hmm. and we'll probably have more on that because I think that's going to be a big thing that we want to bring up when we start talking about these teams. I want to start breaking down division by division where they need to kind of go and what what the people are saying in the streets, yeah, in the prospective cities, that stuff, yeah. So. <clears throat> Here's my thought. If I'm less need, I'm trading Jalen Ramsey and I'm trading Aaron Donald this year. Yeah. Because of the cap going up, this is the year to have that kind of dead money on the cap. You can recoup picks, get younger, fortify, or young players, however you, you know, like I know McVeigh has a thing about the draft. So you can get players that you identify mm-hmm. um, that will fit your system, preferably offensive and defensive linemen. That would be helpful. And you can kind of reset yourself and still be good. Like if you hit, you hit, it, it doesn't take long in the NFL. If you hit right, if you hit it right on your free agency, if you hit right in the draft, you get some health uh, prosperity. You can be right back 
Mm-hmm. Now you have a juggernaut up the coast in San Francisco, but they injure their quarterback every year. So what are we talking about? That's true. So again, I hate to do this because it sounds, I'm not going to do it. I'll just put it this way as a fan of the Rams for a long period of time. Like I just, this is a year and I love Aaron Donald. Do not get me wrong. I'm, I don't, this is not about whether he was effective, whether he was, he's getting older and, or the injury bug that hit him this year. And let's get out before the getting gets good. It's none of that. It's literally, you would be, you would fetch a handsome price on the open market if we put you out there. And we are so thankful for your service, but we have to move on and get younger. It's cold, but it is what it is. And honestly, Jalen Ramsey is still a really good cornerback. I saw to me slippage this year. So to me, yeah, this is the for him, it's less emotional. It's more like mm, eh, you kind of came from Jacksonville. We got you, we got you, and we got all of your good years. Now yeah. you can go live off reputation. You can go be Darrell Dur- Revis. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go be that guy. Or you can transition to safety and become, like, Rob Woodson. You know what I'm talking about? But at this point, I'm willing to get off of both of those guys to start my, I wouldn't even call it rebuild, retool. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? I I understand that, like, we talked about this a little bit before pre-production. My biggest uh, problem with that with, on the Aaron Donald side is knowing whether or not he's going to retire, depending on what location he gets sent to. Um, that's the only area I'm sitting at a little questionable, but obviously that's not something we can just have the answer to right now. I think that's probably the best direction for the Rams to move in this current situation, especially because the cupboard is so bare for picks. And I have another trade idea for you. Just thought of it. Okay. So, uh, D tackle for the Eagles long term Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. All right. Are you guys. You. you trade Aaron Donald to the Philadelphia Eagles to replace one of those guys. Not you don't get any of those guys back. Yeah. But yeah, I, if the Eagles are looking maybe. for an upgrade at one of Do the they need one? Oh, they're in the Super Bowl with the, these defensive tackles wreaking havoc. I'm just they, trying to get my guy close to Pittsburgh, bro. Okay, yeah, look, I'm, I would lo- love, I'm showing him love right I, now. I'm I would love to love. have him in Pittsburgh. I ju- the team's just a little too young to be trading first round picks for Aaron Donald, but Cincinnati. Oh no, no, no. Yes. I'll give yes. him before I'll let him go to Cincinnati. I'll tell you that. Oh, could you imagine the swag? <laughs> No, Did you that, Joe Shiesty 
No, sir. Jamar Chase and Aaron Donald. Worst Eli case Apple would actually be a good cornerback because nah. you would have pressure. You'd have pressure. <laughs> no, nah, you can that have man all would be able to, that dude. That dude would be able to cover something. He'd be able to cover something without PIs, bro. No. <laughs> that dude is a is an eighty five percent PI magnet. That, bro, that guy, boy. He had a big one last. He had a big one yesterday. He had a big one yesterday. Just yeah. created. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me! You got to be kidding me!" He just loves to talk shit. That's see, Cleveland doesn't have anything to give us, but Cincinnati yeah. does. They do. They that's close enough to Pittsburgh. That's close enough. Nah, nah, nah. He close needs, enough. He needs to be in Pittsburgh, or. Then you need to give up some draft picks, bro. I can give up draft picks. I'm just not sure they're cat coming in the first round. Well, you, uh, well, man, you mean you can't talk? And <laughs> on to Cincinnati. We are what? No, no. Oh, wait, let me let me get it. <clears throat> oh, we're we're on to Cincinnati. So, oh. uh, yeah. I'm not gonna take any questions from uh, this game on to Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Oh. Well, I mean, I mean. So, what? So, your thoughts on on that type of situation? Um, in the perspective of, I understand a world where Aaron Donald is in your division is terrible. I, I understand yeah. that. But if you're looking the Rams' perspective, you saw what I was looking at. Obviously, yeah. the player that the the team is getting back, obviously, is going to fill a need. Or just really supercharge whatever you got, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if he went to Baltimore, not yeah. great for you. No, but terrifying for Baltimore's opponents. You know, if he goes, oh, if he replaces Ed Oliver, the fake him. oh yeah, that Buffalo team is absolutely terrifying. If he wants to go get another ring and is cool moving somewhere else, I would definitely, like, if I'm a team on the cusp of winning a championship, I'm giving up that first-round pick for Aaron Donald without question. That's uh, a guy who's going to completely revamp your defense. And there's nothing you can get in the first round this year. Or maybe even next year, that's going to be better than him. No, no. Definitely. No offense to Will. No. Will Anderson, no offense to any of these guys coming out. This dude is all a favor. Yeah. His golden jacket is waiting for him. Yeah. You know? So, um, thoughts on the Jalen Ramsey of it all? Because we've even seen it out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think I'm breaking any news when it comes to that whatsoever. No, <laughs> I think a first round pick for Jalen Ramsey is uh, more in my head, at least a lot more feasible. And I think will probably happen this off season. Like I can't really see Ramsey coming back to LA, not because he wants to leave or anything, but just because it doesn't really make sense with him on your team when you don't have the enormous pass rush threat you had before Ramsey getting older and not being able to quite cover as well is just not going to be the same level of corner for you guys. So 
at seeing him move maybe him somewhere like Philadelphia, hypothetically. I don't mean literally Philadelphia, but just kind of like the way Philadelphia added Darius Slay. Or maybe a situation like um, San Francisco, because they could use some help. We're um, never trading him to San Francisco. No. So, well, sorry. yeah, I, I get what you mean. But just like uh, some team with a strong pass rush up front and be, give yourself the ability as Jalen Ramsey to just get older. I'm going to call the Metroplex in Dallas. Mm, that would be good. Yeah, he'd be. That's probably the perfect one, really. Modern day Deion Sanders goes to Dallas. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's a solid one for sure. And they it's kind of disrespectful to Deion, but they yeah. both went oh, to Florida yeah. State. So I so definitely I thought you were being sarcastic. <laughs> yes, I am. I one hundred percent. But. Yeah, yeah, I could see Dallas. Maybe if there's a world where Pittsburgh could get both those guys in one trade and fit them under the cap somehow, then I'd be willing to throw a few first-round picks in there. But uh, buddy, you would have to give up like your. You'd have to give up one of your wide receivers. You'd have to give up one of your linebackers. Yeah, we could give away. You'd draft. have to give up. But, you'd um, have to give up a lot if you wanted both of them. Yeah, that's like the only way I could see it working specifically for Pittsburgh. It's yeah. just like a- and it's such a non-Pittsburgh yeah. move. Yeah, no, you know, like it's, it's a it's a, such a non their move. No, the only time they make like blockbuster trades like that is if it's for someone who's still on their rookie deal, like a Minka Fitzpatrick type. That's a that's like a New Orleans move, though. Yeah, New Orleans would do something like that. Hmm. The Washington team. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to call them the commanders. And you know, I won't call them the other thing. So, yeah. in respect to you, sir. Thank you right. very much. But, but the commanders is a weird name for sure. Yeah, there, there's a few teams in the league that could definitely use them. I think we we could bounce around the, probably the whole league and they they'd make sense on nearly every team okay so we got to talk about one more thing before we get on out of here uh frank wright to carolina thoughts on it and uh thoughts on the coaching carousel as a whole i I, okay, obviously I'm not breaking ground here by saying I'm not particularly into the Frank Reich hire. We've seen him in Indianapolis. We've seen the types of things he was able to accomplish. And with that offense, while there were times with the Jonathan Taylor and the cavalcade of quarterbacks they've had that they were able to put out a productive group. It clearly wasn't like some level of offensive genius. Frank Reich has been riding for a while on some of the success that he had in Philadelphia. And don't get me wrong. That team was absolutely Fantastic. 
in Philadelphia originally, and he the offense he designed in Philadelphia was great. But in Indianapolis, we've seen Frank Reich be disappointing long enough that we can know he might not be the type that type of answer. And at this point, it just feels like another situation name it Adam Gase, name it Chip Kelly of a white coach failing up. And I, I'm sick of it on a, quite a few levels. Okay. I won't make this very Stephen A. Smith to see if you want to call it that. <laughs> I want to be very succinct in what I'm about to say. At some point, now would be great. There has to be somebody who steps out and says, enough is enough. We have five openings, now four, right? Carolina was the one that closed up. Arizona's out there. Indianapolis is out there. Denver's out there. And then there's always one I'm missing. Oh. Who is it? Oh, I'm looking. Denver, Indianapolis, Houston, Carolina. Houston. That's the one. Houston. Houston. I just, I would just like where there would be a guy that would get a long runway. We've seen it work in Pittsburgh. You sure have. Don't fire coaches, and that you you see with the success that you can begin to have, man. It's like look at what Houston's done. The last two years, you bring in a coach with a god-awful team and you expect them to make fucking chicken salad out of chicken shit. And when they don't, you just kick them out the door. You don't even care about the good things they've done the and how they've continued to develop. Uh, that Houston team, even though like it had a bad record, they play hard. Absolutely. They make... They made better's lives horrific this year. Yeah, they did. Man. And, like, Nick Casario, he was brought in to kickstart this franchise. You're going to let this guy hire his third coach now in three years? He wasn't out the door, but Lovey Smith is? Like, what I I never understood what the fuck they were thinking. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, you don't understand it, but I do. As somebody a little bit older than you, mm-hmm. Lovey knew what time it was. Okay, mm-hmm. and the coach before him knew what time it was. David Culley. <laughs> they knew that they were like the fifth choice. And they were a placeholder. Mm -hmm. Because that organization, unfortunately, 
is not stable and it's not a, a really well run organization. We see it in the league. We know which ones they are. Washington, I'm looking at you. Right? We know we know the ones that are not run properly. I hate to say it because I have a lot of respect for Chris Ballard as a GM. I know that people have had some faults with his drafts and things of that nature. But it's the top that I'm worried about. The very top. You see organizations like Kansas City. You see organizations like San Francisco. And up until this year, you saw organizations like New England. They got it right. They get it right. Because they're able to take, they do self-scouting, one, and two, they're not afraid to make a mistake and then just go, okay, we got to fix this. We got to fix this, like, now. I would hope that there's a there's a there's a African American man who has earned his way. Um, coordinator out of why am I forgetting his name? Offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Oh, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico. D'Amico Ryans is the one, like, if he doesn't get hired, I have no idea what the hell you guys are doing out there. Better yet. I I understand a little more. Better yet, if you really want to score some points, you want to retread Raheem Morris. Oh, yeah. He'd be be great. Raheem Morris is a guy who's worked on both sides of the ball, too. That's the type of dude you want to bring in, be a leader of your organization. That's an absolutely great head coaching choice. I would, yeah, Raheem Morris is a guy I'd be targeting. So, Nico, there's a, I'm going to ask you a question, and we're not going to end the podcast on this note, but I'm going to ask you a question. When the coaching carousel stops and the music stops – yeah. Am I going to be disappointed? Is D'Amico Ryan's is um, Eric Bieniemy and Raheem Morris? Are they going to be shut out? I I've got faith that um, we're going to see a job for D'Amico Ryan's. I think that one's going to be. That one's kind of locked in. We also, there is still some rumors, especially after the hiring of Monty Austin Fort in Arizona, that uh, Brian Flores could be the the option there. And if that's the case, I'd be really happy with that one. But the enemy, I I don't think he's ever going to get a head coaching job. There is a, there is a lot of other stuff to the enemy story as well. There is some um, like a history of violence and stuff like that. I think from what I'm hearing is there might be actually a chance that enemy 
tries to rehab his reputation with another organization other than the Chiefs as offensive coordinator. Um, there's rumors that he might take over the job in Baltimore, which I think would be really great for both parties. No more uh, Greg Roman. No, he's gone. He's gone. Greg Roman's out of here. Thank the the. Mm, I don't want to prey on a man's firing, but I could not be happier that Greg Roman was the, finally. No, I'll do it for you, because I pray for logic. I pray for logic to kick in for other people. I do, mm-hmm. but you know what? Sometimes God just set aside people. <laughs> just, just yeah. You know, okay, we kind of, yeah, okay, we kind of have to. Progress has to be made here, so mm-hmm. let's get you out. Yeah. Oh yes, happy days in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, uh, here's a question for you, and it might be a question for next week because we're gonna need a lot of stuff to talk about. So I want you to sit on this for a week. Okay. Is the is the great Roman firing the initiator to a completely new offense with a completely new quarterback? Because you know where my stance is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I stand in the same place you do. I I definitely have a take on this, and it's not that take. So I will be excited to explore that next week. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm really hoping that at some point, and I'm not saying it as somebody who's biracial, who leans more towards the African American community, because that's the that's the community that showed me love growing up. Mm-hmm. The white community didn't. I had I had a grandmother who told me there will be no N word children in my house. So um, I, I lean toward African-American people. They seem to have accepted me more. My language is more built into that lexicon as far as concerned. So for me, there's that. But for me also, this, we have two black quarterbacks starting in the Super Bowl. We do. Okay. I remember in the 80s when they told me that black quarterbacks couldn't start. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. So for the for the people who are listening to this podcast who are Nico's age or younger, Nico, tell tell your age. I'm sorry, sir. Go ahead. I'm 28. For my for my listeners who are like 21, 20, you don't know of this time. But they literally came out and said stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That black quarterbacks aren't capable of processing information fast enough. And that's why. They're quick twitch people, but not quick thinking people. Mm-hmm. They said this stuff in the 80s. Yeah. And now we have two black quarterbacks starting the Super Bowl. When does the dial change for the coach? I don't know. It took a while. It started to happen in the NBA. We're sitting in a spot right now where we're looking at, it's not quite 50-50, but it's a lot closer to 50-50 than it was even 10 years ago. 
there's a lot more black coaches coming up in basketball. And the NFL tends to be, I don't know, five, maybe 10 years behind in the NBA on their uh, progressive stances. So we might be that distance away from, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to the point where it's near 50, 50 or anything like that. But we're going to start seeing definitely a lot more black coaches in the league. When you just like look at the percentage of player base of black players compared to white players and then black coaches compared to white coaches, like clearly there's a huge inequity. Like it's something like 10 or 5% of the coaches are white and like 80% of the players are black. Clearly something's wrong, but I, I think it's going to take another little while. And maybe this Brian Flores lawsuit to finish, there's a few other guys in on that lawsuit as well. Ray Horton, I know, is one of them. But we need that kind of stuff to kind of spur movement, I think. We also need... Um... God, Tony Dungy is such a eloquent just a rock just a foundational piece and i do not understand why you can't get him to an owner's meeting and have him convey the message of how important it is to uplift cultivate organically a a part of our nation that has been so disenfranchised and looked upon as not even equal in a lot of ways to 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 people who aren't of color so um i hope the nfl makes that happen I hope Roger Goodell, somehow this gets to Roger Goodell, where it's a, it's something where they bring that up. You know, I don't know Art Shell. I think Art Shell has passed away. But Tony Dungy would be one to bring in because I think he would be able to really impactfully convey that message to show how important that would be. And how would it benefit the league? How would it benefit the Shield? Yeah. The whole deal. We're, um, Tony Dungy specifically, I know there's some other stuff that's came out about him that maybe he wouldn't be necessarily the greatest voice on, like, um, yeah, kind of stuff like this because he he's had some pretty uh, strong comments about being anti-gay, anti-homosexual in the past. So perhaps him specifically, but they we have a coach sitting in Pittsburgh right now who isn't going to be the coach forever. And the second that guy is out of the front office, I know there's going to be um, some of these networks like NBC clamoring or Fox clamoring to get him behind the booth. But I think the NFL 
would be doing themselves a disservice to let him leave and not just put him immediately with the commissioner up there because he he's the exact kind of guy you need in a situation like this. He's the person who basically, weirdly, the first person who commented after the DeMar Hamlin thing from who wasn't on either of those teams was Mike Tomlin. It's almost always a guy in Mike Tomlin who kind of takes on these things for the league and to have him in a greater position as a true face of the league eventually, I think is somewhere they need to a direction they need to move themselves in. That's a good call. I love Tomlin. Yeah, man. You made a ton of good points on this podcast. This is why you're here much. Thank you very much. I do. I love you and I appreciate you. I just want you to know that. I, I love and appreciate you too, brother. And I thank you very much for saying that. One other question for you before we leave, and I want to leave it on this note. Yeah. Social media um, and their, their just fervor to be right, like on calls and, and, and did you, did you, was it ridiculous yesterday? Cause I had to just, I had to just, cause I was writing those notes. So I had to just kind of. It, it was a it was a little ridiculous. It wasn't one of the worst days I've seen. I I gotta say, the worst um, day was Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday Saturday's always rough. That's for the Friday pod. <laughs> um, well, like correcting the officials and stuff. As much as it does happen in the NFL, I think it's in the NBA of DNA or the DNA of NBA fans. But, and that's all we end up seeing online after enduring a lot of games. So I, that's mostly what my Twitter feed is infested with, but I definitely did see some of it on the NFL side this weekend. I mean, there were just some things that happened like the, what was it? They couldn't figure out the, the play was called dead. It took them a while to figure that one out. You know, and oh yeah, and the punt that hit the wire, and <laughs> like repeatedly, people were getting mad at Josh Johnson for being unable to hear Kyle Shanahan, and he's like clearly like pointing at his helmet, like there's something wrong. I can't hear the play, and there then there's a delay of game that everyone wants to blame on Josh Johnson. I, yeah, yeah I let's that. let's rip on the guy who got no reps at all <laughs> this yeah. week because they put all those eggs into that purdy basket. Trust and me, they, they had to finish the game with him and one yeah. arm, anyways. <laughs> Man, shout out to that team because it literally reminds me, and I, I'm probably gonna drop one of these like a episode, but it literally reminds me of like slasher movies where you like light the dude on fire. He's been shot 86 million times. He's been like sent away to another galaxy and then brought back or whatever. Like Jason was literally on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees of Friday the 13th lore was actually on a spaceship in a movie. Yeah. You got to do that after you get to the ninth installment. <laughs> We've seen it with Fast and Furious too now. But San Francisco, no matter what, Trey Lance, no problem. We got Jimmy G. Yeah. Jimmy G go down, no problem. We got 
Bach Party. <laughs> this dude goes on a historic run, like nothing happened. Oh, nothing to see here. We just win. Yeah. Like, and to normal. Be, to be honest, like you can't ask for a better quarterback four than Josh Johnson. That guy has seen every offense in the world at this point. So if you, there was any person who you're going to throw into a game with little to no time to warm up, Josh Johnson would probably be the guy you're hoping to do it. And it just, it didn't end up working out. Unfortunately, there was no CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins guy with like some history in the Shanahan offense that they could sign at the last minute. Well, that seems like a good note to lean on, but I just wanted to bring that up because it literally just reminded me of like every like good slasher film that I've ever seen. So <laughs> I'm old enough to have seen all of the Halloweens, and I'm not talking about on AMC with a bunch of commercials and whatever. Oh, I've that. seen, unfortunately, I've seen all the Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> Oh, those are those are good films, classic. So, so, so bad. So bad. <laughs> this but is where we need Tyler to talk yeah. about bad horror movies. <laughs> shout out to our guy. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. So, shout out to San Francisco on an incredible season. You know how hard that is for me as a long-standing Los Angeles Ram fan. Shout out to the yeah, I'll 49ers. Shout out, I'll shout out the Bengals too, which is hard for me to do, but they don't have Vontez perfect now, so it's a little easier. Um, but yeah, they had an incredible season, and Joe Burrow keeps proving people wrong time and time again. I'm There, there are some comparisons between uh, Kenny and Joe Burrow, at the, and at this point, I'm just hoping they're true on any level, because having a quarterback, anything like Joe Burrow, would be an absolute home run. I don't think your guys is cool. No, definitely not. No one's as cool. And see, I think that's part of the gig. Like, I think what why these dudes like Jamar and them mm-hmm. like run through Lost World is because he's just like them. Yeah. I mean that. Like in the most way, whatever way you think what you're thinking of it as, Jamar, T. Higgins, all those mm-hmm. guys, Joe Mixon and them, he wanted the guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for dudes. Sure. <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely. All right. So we do have a Super Bowl coming up next week. We will talk about it. We'll talk about all the prop bets and whatever. And we'll talk about the, the I'm sure we'll hear about it 97 million times. The Andy Rebowl. Oh, can we do it like a five to 10 minute cliche? Like just laugh. Uh-huh. Like the Kelsey brothers, how many times we're we gonna hear it? Yeah. Oh man, it's you gonna. Can, we need to come up with something fun for the for yeah. the listeners. For for the next pod, we definitely we definitely can. Something I, that they could take to the Super Bowl with them, like some sort of bingo card to look, you know, or something. They put yeah. on Twitter for them. We we definitely can. All right. I, I can I can throw something like that together. I get our get our shadow crew together on this. Yeah, definitely. Okay, get our shadow crew. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do, I do. 
I don't want to end on a bad note, but after already having our guy Brian Flores in for a second interview today, it sounds like Arizona has requested interviews with both Cincinnati coordinators to white gentlemen, as you can imagine. The more things change, the more things stay the same. I'll put it this way. You know how big my faith is to me? Yeah. And I'll just say it just like King Solomon said. There's nothing new underneath the sun. Mm -hmm. You slap paint on it, you might be able to throw some little gadgets and wizardry to it, but it's really not new. It's just a different, it's the same concept, just kind of dressed up. So, so when we want to have real change and real conversation about what we're doing here, by the way, the bid wheels, right behind the Spanos, as far yeah. as ownership. Not too far. And I'm not trying to be mean at this point because I try not to go that route. But I will say, you want to start changing the narrative around you. You want to start saying, oh, Arizona, Phoenix. That's a, it seems like they're doing the right thing. You know what? Because Cincinnati was like this three years ago. We didn't think about Cincinnati as a destination franchise difference maker makes all the difference in the world. That franchise difference maker can come at the quarterback position. And then the other place that it can come from that can effectively make change to your team into your legacy. And Nico has a really good perspective on this because his team has had nothing but franchise difference makers at the coaching position. Oh yeah, we we definitely have. And that man, the biggest, the best way to go about it, the way that this isn't just what the Steelers do at head coach. This is what the Steelers do at every position on the coaching staff for the most point part. They don't fire coaches. They bring coaches in. And if you signed a four-year contract, you're going to be a coach here for four years. Todd Haley, which is the most hated person (laughs) in all of football history, almost down there. Yeah, they didn't – a lot of people didn't like him on the coaching staff too. Him and Tomlin never got along great, but he was a good coach, and they let him stay around and get his job done. Same thing with – like it's led to some negative things. There were a lot of people – in Steelers Nation who are hoping for Matt Canada to be let go from his job this year. But as soon as it came out that he had one year left on his contract, I was pretty certain he wasn't going anywhere. And they've shown themselves to do it. Even when they wanted to move on from Bruce Arians, they kind of talked him into retiring, and he retired for a week before taking the Colts job. But still, they it's the thing that they've repeatedly do. Like, if... Do a hell of a job when interviewing these people. They, when they brought in Mike Tomlin, they interviewed something like 25 coaches, which is common now, but back then was not very common. Everyone expected them to just hire Ken Wisenhut. They liked Tomlin the best, who had at the time had only spent one year as a defensive coordinator. They brought him in. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows at the beginning, but it 
took a couple years. They got going with him, and now we're 17 years in, and the guy hasn't had a losing season yet. So it's quite obvious what you need to do, I think, is just give talented people a chance to perform. Indianapolis, Denver, and Houston are my hopes. And I'm going to tell you right now, Nico, I'm going to say it right now. D'Amico Ryans is a dynamic candidate. Okay? Absolutely. He would be the one to get it. I don't think those three organizations necessarily are the ones that are going to give us hope. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, that's fair. I'll just put it that way. Well, that... That's not how I wanted to end the podcast. No, but, no. but but it is sometimes unfortunate that we do have to do it that way. Um, we will be on this feed next Friday. Yes. But Wednesday, there is going to be something on this feed. So oh. look forward to that. Um, the live pod that is supposed to have started is starting. Um, there will be a kind of a like oral history before and um we're putting together like clips with my mother so that should be dropping wednesday if not early thursday okay i'm excited so there we go with that all right so nico give the people the twitters and send us off buddy Okay, you can check us out at Twitter, me at Nico, N-I-C-O-F-R-P-C. You know how to spell that one. And check out Vince at FrontRunnerPC on Twitter. We're, uh, again, just getting started, but we've got uh, an increasing Twitter fan base and you can check out the website on both of our things. We have constantly pumping out we are are constantly pumping out content we have been as well i've also got the twitter lists on my account we'll have a raptors one coming up here pretty soon that you guys can tune into so thanks very much for taking the time to listen to us this afternoon evening whenever it posts i will talk to you guys shortly have a great day enjoy your monday